0: And welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. uh, Episode number 27. It's Gremlins. I'm Gav. I'm Dave. Alex. I'm Joel. Basically, we are four lads from Liverpool who like to sit around and bitch about films. You could say we're... Have a holly Johnson Christmas. <laughs> nice, nice. I couldn't remember all the rest of the song, but to be honest, <laughs> I like Brucey and I were sat there for, uh, I'm going to say about five minutes before. I, to I actually
1: tried to help Gav by doing this part of his show and it's really hard. It's actually... It's actually really hard to do.
0: Oh, thank you very much. A new level of respect for me. Yeah, yeah. done, I get it. But we, sat, we sat there for ages thinking, what's a Liverpool actor that's got some sort of Christmas connection? And we like, Pete Burns, definitely. Pete ben- Holly Johnson. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, so if you haven't heard this uh, show before, basically, we, put, uh, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's really as simple as that. However, uh, this is the third instalment of our Christmas month. So what we're going to be doing is each one of us is taking one of our most favorite and underrated Christmas films, and we are putting it on trial. There'll also be the usual hilariousness of quizzes, songs, terrible impressions, and much, much more. But before that, I think it's time for a little bit of the news. Hang on, everyone. I should have had this prepared. Ready?
2: (laughs) Every week, every week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got it. That, that, that was it, wasn't it?
3: That was it, that what,
0: was it. What, what, what was what?
3: That was the Gremlins' name. Ah, okay. The Saturn Award winning score from Gremlins.
0: <laughs> no, about the only nice. good thing in it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Right, oh, so, so uh, what we do here is we all go around in a circle and we all pick a piece of news that has piqued our interest this week. So, without further hesitation,
2: Joel, what is your piece of news for the week? I struggled to find some, to be honest. But I did see something which popped <laughs> up on my news feed. And it was a survey, actually, of the most popular Star Wars characters. So, who do you think is the most hated Star Wars character? Jar Jar Binks. No. Not Jar really? Jar Binks? The, uh, really? This is probably not done by Star Wars fans, because this list seems wrong to me.
3: So, does this include all eight? <laughs> all uh, all, nine, all uh, Star Wars fans. Biffy films. Kids,
2: Anakin Skywalker. Nope. It's somebody who's had about five seconds of screen time, and he's in the new trilogy. Uh, oh, Simon Pegg's
0: character, Junker Plut.
2: Nope, no idea. General Hux, uh, Supreme Leader Snoke has come oh, okay. bottom.
0: Okay, yeah, no, fair enough. As uh, in, oh, oh, okay, so it's as in like people genuinely hate him because oh, he's a bad guy. I don't know. I, it just says
2: most hated Star Wars characters. It seems very pe- poorly researched, to pe- be honest, Jill. People below <laughs> Jar Jar it seems Binks. almost like you've just kind of pulled it out the hat just now. People below Jar Jar Binks, Mace Windu, Kylo Ren apparently is more hated than wow. Jar Jar Binks. He's beloved. Uh, Emperor, Emperor Palpatine. These are all bad guys, yes. Yeah. So it must be like... No, Uh Erso, Antilles, and Count Dooku. So who would you say is the most popular character? Han Teller.
3: Mm. No. Yoda.
2: No. Rey. No. Luke. No. I, I can't even think of any BB-8.
3: Star
0: Wars characters. You're missing Le- Leia. Leia. Leia, Leia yeah, was I, was gonna, I, was, I was trying to
2: think of Leia, but I was like, oh, what, "What? I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, so top five, Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, Chewbacca, Yoda, and R2-D2. Han Solo's not even in the top five. He's number six. That's what I mean. This this, uh, survey seems like it's, uh, you know, just maybe they asked people who'd never seen Star Wars before and they just (laughs) judged it on names. Oh, you know what? Now I think about it, I did fill in a survey about Star Wars characters last (laughs) week. (laughs) But yeah, that's my news. I couldn't really find anything that I wanted to speak about, so I chose that. Is this a way of like shoehorning in how excited you are for the release of the Last Jedi? Well, I am excited, but I didn't want to speak about it. So the that, <laughs> that,
3: was, that was shoehorned, beautiful Joe.
0: Well, we're going to go and watch it uh, at the weekend, aren't we? So we, we might have a little bit of a, a little review next
1: I'm week. Pretty excited. I'm pretty sure. oh, yeah. <laughs> are you coming? I thought you weren't coming. Uh, not with you, I'm going to see it with other people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, wow, I know, wow. I know. I'm actually going uh, on Wednesday night as well. Actually. No, nobody for... asked you why. I... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
0: yeah, I, forgot, I, forgot to, I forgot to introduce Wait. our uh, our sound technician, our, our George
1: Martin of the group, uh, Austin. Ray. How's it going, Austin, UK? I'm
3: very good, thanks. A bit
1: hurt, but uh, uh, are you seeing, uh, so you've actually seen it at midnight? Nice. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. You're I like, watched you're... Uh, all of the, the latest ones at midnight, yeah. It's commitment. Yeah. That is. Is it a good atmosphere? Oh, it's brilliant, actually. Yeah. It's, uh, so the place I've been going is in Southport, and they have three screens on. Nice. Yeah. It's, uh... Do you go dressed up? Uh, no, no. A lot of people do, though. I was just trying to think of a bald-bearded character in Star Wars. Oh. Here we go.
0: <laughs> but i don't know the films
2: well enough to make a, make a joke i'm just, sorry
1: you say that Aussie reminds me of when i went to see phantom menace for the first time and when the before the writing came up i remember there was like people were already giving it a standing ovation like actually standing up clapping going like whoa
3: yeah. whoa well, i bet and they then, felt very stupid no, no, like, at the end
1: at the end when the end credits rolled there was the only way you could call it it's just shocked silence <laughs> oh. and people were just not talking yeah, as okay. they walked out trying to think It was. It was good. Was it? No. What? You know. Yeah. It was good watching
0: my childhood get destroyed in front of me. But, uh, which is something that Dave will probably
3: experience a little bit later on. <laughs> Speaking of which, Dave, uh, what's your piece of news for the week? I also struggled to find something this week, actually. It seems to be been a pretty slow news week. So there's a bit of Oscar buzz starting to, to brew around Hollywood at the moment. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about that. Um, there's two character actors. You, you guys know I love character actors. Mm. There's two of my favourites that are possibly in contention to get Oscar nods. I'm talking about Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour. And Willem Dafoe for the Florida Project. No. Both of which mm-hmm. I would love to see them get, get statuettes, I really would. I'd love to see
0: Willem Dafoe
1: at uh, an award ceremony. Just
3: quite picture it, kind of.
0: Yeah, in a bow tie. In,
1: uh, Not looking really menacing. Yeah.
0: Spider-Man. That's <laughs> <laughs> actually a good impression. <laughs> Just like my William Hickey, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think Willem is a fantastic actor, to, to be honest, and I think he's... Yeah. Uh, deserves for, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. And Gary Oldman. Old Gary Oldman too, yeah. Yeah, I did a rumour about Gary, Gary Oldman, Oldman too. ages ago that, uh, yeah, it's Gary Oldman, version uh, <laughs> <laughs> 2.7. <laughs> it's like that old joke, whatever happened to Gary Newman, he became Gary Oldman. <laughs>
2: That's
0: a good one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I, had, I had this roommate just ago that um, he he doesn't like to you know rub elbows with people and he doesn't kind of do the whole Oscar thing where you attend the parties and the ceremonies and you, you buy presents for them and you go to dinners and wine acts, and dine them. And, and then... he just he just acts and then just kind of. So you like it or not? So that's why he's never been nominated. Now, whether that's true or not, or whether that's Gary Oldman just saying that, like, didn't want it anyway. <laughs> play the game. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, the not what you, to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've only had the game for like three weeks and the control is broken.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They sound a little bit of that. Mm, yeah. So, what, uh, what, what would you have given him? What would you have given him an Oscar for beforehand? Before this, Gary Oldman. Yeah, Leon. Leon. Yeah, he, that was incredible.
3: Said yeah. Nancy. did Nancy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Falls? What? No, no, no. I think
0: a tailor, soldier, spy. <laughs> no, God, no. He was, did, he, was he? I, I, I haven't seen that. No. He, he did get a
3: Bafta nod for that. He was pretty good. Was he? He was pretty good, but you got to remember George Smiley is the character he's playing, famous literary character. It, it's not meant to be overly emotional. He's meant to be very stoic, very old I know, school. But Olderman, a bit of a Joel. Oldman did it you well. Might, you might, you might say, <laughs> a bit of a
2: Joel, old school.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, just uh, emotionally dead. <laughs> look,
3: look on the look on the bright side. Gary Oldman will be able to play you brilliantly in a in a in a biopic. You'd rather have Gary Oldman playing me
2: than Gary Oldman not playing. <laughs> <laughs> as, as long as he gets the bad accent, yeah.
0: I, d- I think Gary Oldman's a funny one because. Because I think he's got away with a lot of shit in his career as well. Bram Stoker's Dracula,
2: maybe So was William DeFoe. That's um, yes, so. that is true. Yeah. A lot, probably more shit to be fair. Right,
0: well, I don't know because I think guy Oldman shits a bit more high profile. Like what? going mm. what? What springs I'd say, to mind? I'd, I'd, I'd say one of his worst performances was probably um, the Fifth Element. Oh no, I I liked him in that. Uh, okay, what about this one? I mean, um, but that's what he
1: was meant to be doing.
0: Oh, what was what was what was the one? Uh, Outer space was it? Oh, Lost in Space. Lost, Lost in space. space. Lost in Space. That whole film was terrible. Yeah, that you was just a shocking film. For. Yeah. Child 44, that was pretty don't bad. to remember He's that. He's
3: only in it for five minutes. His
0: manner is terrible in it. You can bullshit. tell Dave really likes Gary Oldman. I
3: really do. Air Force One we've already spoken in, about, to be In fair. short, recognition time. Come on, I hope these yeah. character actors bring home the gold.
0: Uh, well, speaking about gold, see what I did there? Uh-oh. It's called a Segway. <laughs> <laughs> getting better at this I'll podcast. Aren't there really dangerous
3: things that people try to ride with two wheels?
0: <laughs> I, I saw it at, um, a tour taking place in Chicago on on um, on Segways. And it was one guy and two other people. <laughs> and the one guy who, was, who I imagine was the tour guide was speeding ahead and just pointing left and right. And one of the people had to c- come off the Segway because they couldn't ride it. The other one was looking like they were dangerously veering into the traffic. <laughs> you,
1: you, you, uh, this is totally off topic on a film podcast, but you know what happened to the inventor of Segways?
3: He died on a Segway.
1: No, he, I mean, well... He, he drove not, it off um, a cliff. Yeah, he drove it off a cliff, so it was more driving it off a cliff that killed him, but yeah. Really? He, yeah, he literally yeah, was giving, serious. he was giving like a... Demonstration to people on the top of a mountain, and he just drove off the mountain.
3: As you do, I mean, do you want to have your demonstration in a field? No, no, I want to go no, on top on of that top mountain. Of the
1: mountain. Oh, my yeah. word. But
0: well, no. anyway,
3: your segue, Gov.
0: Uh, well, oh. let's <laughs> <I saw laughs> talk about it. into a tangent. tangent. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Talking about untimely deaths. Uh, no, uh, no, that's not a segue <laughs> at all. Uh, so, so mine was about the Golden Globes. and uh, So the nominations have come out this week and there's uh, a lot of buzz around a lot of films at the moment. Uh, one of the oddest things about the Golden Globes is that the film Get Out has been nominated as the best film in the comedy and or musical bracket. When it is neither. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's got some comedic elements, but no, it's not a comedy film, is it?
3: But wouldn't you love to see Get Out the Musical? Get out, get out, let it all out.
0: These are the things we can do without get out um no, so one of the things I wanted to talk about was um the the, the best directors there's been no female directors nominated for the best director under the Golden globe what What could have been um well, I was thinking, lady Bird. It was just directed by uh, Greta Gerwin. yeah. So it's been um, nominated as the best film under comedy and
1: musical. People are saying it's like the best film ever. It's, yeah. getting, it's got a huge fan following that's really trying to like build up support for it. Yeah, it's been... It, honestly, it's got a lot of buzz
0: around it at the moment. Um, it's like a, a coming-of-age film um, set in like the, the noughties. But it's got, I think, a like really positive... Tomato and IMDb ratings at the moment, so I think it's like you know eight point five or nine out of ten. Um, it's
2: got is, a lot of buzz. Is there uh, any type of cut, cut off? You know, uh, You're know, not going to mention BAPS again, are you? <laughs> no, I mean, like, cut off as in when a film is released, because that, isn't that fairly... Well, no, because no, it's nominated as the best film under the comedy and musical bracket, so... Um, okay. There would be a best cut off, say, if it was released the year before, maybe. Or, um, no, or, I mean, because it, it's a fairly <laughs> recent film, isn't it? Mm. I think it, it's well, only been released, like, last kind of few weeks in this country. Yeah. Well, no, because uh, um, cause some of the uh, directors nominated are Steven Spielberg for The
1: Post, and I don't think that's been released in this country yet. I haven't seen many of the nominations, I have to say. Yeah.
3: You mean you haven't seen the nominees or you haven't seen the films? I haven't the seen nominees. the films. A lot of them get released late here. They've been out in America for maybe a month or so now, but we don't get most of the films that are nominated for Oscars until about January. Right, we, our, our release dates are seriously delayed, but they stall it to have it fresh in everyone's mind, ready for awards season. Yeah. They, they know what they're doing.
0: but well, you know, it just... Surprised me that she didn't get the nod because, you know, this film is is, honestly, it's got a lot of buzz around it at the moment. And it just seems a bit odd that she's been omitted. I mean, you know, there there are some big heavyweights directors uh, nominated. uh, There's uh, Steven Spielberg, as I said, Ridley Scott, Christopher Nolan and Guillermo del Toro. I just think you know it's well Patty Jenkins maybe for Wonder Woman yeah you yeah. got in there it's like one of the if not the most financially successful films of the entire year and she hasn't had you know a look
1: in at all I it, think it's just it's the fact it's a superhero film is still going to sort of keep Wonder Woman back a bit I think
3: yeah
1: well, well. you know Lady Bird isn't and that doesn't seem yeah, to get
0: getting the look in anyway yeah obviously it's just you know it, I just think it's it's, it's an odd, odd thing yeah. not to
1: have yeah yeah. Okay,
0: so uh, Alex, what is your piece of news for the week?
1: Uh, My piece of news for the week is there's a new trailer out for a film that's called um, Alita: Battle Angel. Have you seen anyone seen the trailer for this?
2: Yeah, I watched it before when you
1: said. Did you? I have to say, I watched the trailer and I was I'm very excited.
2: I just want to ask,
1: what drew you to it? Um, what to watch the trailer and why are you excited? Oh, uh, I don't know, I I watched the trailer because I think, like, the picture she had really big eyes. <laughs> and I was like, what, they're very big eyes for a person's face. Is this an animated film or is it not? I don't know, it just looked a little different. I couldn't quite figure it out. And then watching the trailer, you know, it's, it seems like quite a sort of a fairly standard premise. She's a robot. She is in trouble because she's a robot. She's trying to figure out who she is, blah, blah, blah. You know, Possibly a sci-fi film we've all seen. Like Blade Runner, basically, you know? But... It's directed by Robert Rodriguez, a good action. Uh, it's James Cameron, wanted to make it for a very long time, so I think he's in there somewhere, but he's now working on the avatars. It's also got a really good cast, so it's got uh, Christoph Waltz is in it, um, Rosa Salazar, uh, who I am not don't know that much, Ed Skrein, it's, but it's also got uh, Jennifer Connelly, who I absolutely love, uh, Mayor Sharla Ali, is that he says? Oh, yeah, his name? Yeah, Mayor yeah. Sharla Ali, mm-hmm. uh, And also uh, an old favourite on the podcast, Casper uh, Van Dien's chin.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, man, that <laughs> chin is such well. a good chin. Yeah, no, oh, I it's know, so, so good to see that chin getting worse now. Worth, worth
1: seeing that for his chin. Yeah big, yeah, big eyes and big chin.
0: Exactly.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, the trailer just looked really good. And it seems like a good action film and got a bit of a twist on it, so good story.
0: Well, wasn't Hopefully. Christoph Waltz in another film
1: called Big Eyes? About he a girl with
3: big was eyes. was, the Amy Adams one. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I thought of
0: that. Maybe, maybe that's how he's selecting his films these days. I won't do it unless there's big eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it. no, uh, check out the trailer, because yeah. I think you'd like it. Well, thank you very much, everyone. That was The News. Well done. Yeah, thanks guys, thanks. So, uh, as I said before, uh, this is Films on Trial, and if you haven't heard the show before, basically we take a film and... Put it on trial.
3: <laughs>
0: this is this is my go-to one now. Um, so usually what we would do is we'd take the film out of a hat at random, but as I said earlier, it's the Christmas season, and each one of us is taking our most favoured and underrated film, put it on trial. This week, it's Dave's turn, and he has picked Gremlins. Uh, so the other roles in the show have also been uh, taken out at random. Uh, This week we have myself. I'm going to be acting as the prosecutor. So I'm going to try and get the film board on the shit list. There's also the character witness, which is going to be played by Alex. His role is to give his genuine opinion to try and beef up either side of the argument. And then in the most important role in the show, we have Joel, who's going to be playing the judge. (laughs) And his job basically is to use... Uh, It was to listen to both sides of the argument and then decide which list the film should lie on, only using the arguments that have been put to him and not his own opinion. So without further hesitation, I think let's get going. And I've got a song, guys. Don't worry. Okay, you ready for this one? Yep. Yep. Joe Dante through the snow, the Very nice <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, Great. yeah. You like that one. Yeah, yeah? yeah. a good. lot. Very okay, good. right. So, just to give the uh, the listeners a bit of a synopsis, give them a bit of an idea of, as to what Gremlins is about. I will read out the the film's actual synopsis. So, um, how shall I do it this week, guys? Uh,
2: can you speak Gremlin? Yeah, do Gremlin. Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, okay, hang on.
3: Uh, if, if it's too much of a strain to do the high-pitched gremlin, you can evolve halfway through. I got
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Okay, you are going <laughs> to... Yes! <laughs> I thought you were actually going to say the synopsis as a gremlin, but okay, no, it's, okay. it's good.
0: It was all good. Okay, what about this? Okay. Go on.
1: <laughs> come on, come on. on, you can do it. that's not bad at that, all.
2: Was I was that was fantastic that was
1: absolutely fantastic good. I really pushed you there but yeah oh, well done man,
2: yeah you did not scare the hell out of the
1: cats <laughs>
3: <laughs> they'll get over it they'll oh, be fine
0: so uh, so without further hesitation Joel would you like to kick off proceedings please
2: yep um, so Dave has destroyed Both myself and Alex's Christmas dreams so far. Hang
3: on, hang on. (laughs) No,
2: no, let him speak. (laughs) Um, I would say the death threats will stop, but they might not. not. At least till next Christmas. But who's prosecuting Gav? So Dave, you can go first. Don't fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs)
3: thank you very much okay let's talk about gremlins film made in uh, 1984 directed by joe dante and this is largely regarded as one of the biggest cult films to come out of the 80s don't underplay or underestimate how influential this film actually was this this led to a lot of it, it came at a time where hollywood was really getting into its horror comedy that was becoming quite a big thing at the moment. You had the, Joe Dante was really the uh, the innovator of a lot of that, and it continued long after this. Uh, Gremlins was released the same weekend as Ghostbusters, another one which kind of towed the line between horror and comedy. And it was because of Joe Dante's previous experience in films like The Howling, um, films like Piranha. Uh, he would later go on to do things like the burbs Spielberg, the executive producer of this film, decided he wanted Joe Dante to be the man at the helm to take uh, this story forward. The story was written by Chris Columbus, who is now regarded as, thank you, Gav, <laughs> who is now regarded as uh, w- one of the best directors working in Hollywood today. Uh, he's directed Home Alone. He directed the first two Harry Potter films. The guy's made a pretty good career for himself. This came from his mind. It was inspired uh, when he heard mice in the attic up above. He heard scurrying up above and he thought how creepy it was and he thought, you know, I imagine there were Little creatures running around your house trying to fuck things up. And that's essentially where the idea for this film came from. Now, I said this is a cult classic it brings with it um a respectable 80s cast some great character actors i'm going to ignore gav giggling behind me <laughs> some great mm-hmm. character actors and some new actors that are really given a chance to cut their teeth in this film uh, we'll talk more about that i think later on in the podcast but i want to talk about the score this is i already dropped a little hint before a saturn award winning score from jerry goldsmith brilliant um composer behind poltergeist uh, planet of the apes Patton, star trek the motion picture alien la confidential the list goes on very good composer excellent score now this comic horror movie it's not to be considered a horror film in itself it is a bit of a family film but i must stress not for very young children this is a little it, it gets very violent at points it's quite a dark dark horror film uh, dark family comedy horror film damn lo- dark damn dark damn dark a lot of people did take small children to see this and it turned out to be a bit of a mistake it does get quite gory but i'll tell you now it's not as dark as chris columbus originally intended um it it blurred the lines between horror and comedy, did a very good job, and it takes place in the town of Kingston Falls. It gives a very heavy nod to It's a Wonderful Life. The film is actually playing at some point in the film in the background, nodding to Bedford Falls, where It's a Wonderful Life is set, and it kind of puts a parody on these old classic Christmas films, turning um, you know this idyllic American setting into a scene of absolute mayhem like we've never seen before. The special effects, like I said, are fantastically done. I want to talk about how well the puppets were done. You've got um, Gizmo, which is the main one, this adorable, cute little furry creature. Uh, The range of emotions that they get out of these puppets is actually very impressive. Now, it wasn't just out of one. They had many different puppets for very different whatever they needed the puppet to do. They had different ones for different facial expressions. But the way they did that, when you consider this is just done with, like, little mechanical puppets, was very well done. They used some marionettes, which I actually thought was quite quaint. Uh, They used some stop-motion animation. I think all of that combined, you know, in an age of CGI... This film really does. It, there's something nostalgic. There's something very satisfying about seeing old school special effects. You know, one of the goriest scenes is where a gremlin is, is killed in a microwave. Um, and that was actually done with a balloon. It was a balloon inserted inside one of the puppets and they just inflated it that way and blew it up. It's, it's old school special effects. It's like Tom Savini school special effects, but they work and they're really good. It's surprisingly a decent script when you consider this is essentially a B movie. And not only that, a parody of a B movie, the script is actually pretty good. You know, the little lines like, um, the grandfather who, who owns the Mugwai that, who it's stolen from, you know, he has some great ones. You, you deal with Mugwai just like you deal with your society deals with all of nature's gifts. You do not understand. You are not ready. There's some real, like, nice little quotes in there. And this is essentially just a really enjoyable film. It is very Christmassy. It takes place at Christmas time. The Mugwai is a gift from father to son. And it's just a, Sorry. And, it's, <laughs> and it's it's just a very nice Christmas film. It's very enjoyable, but it's an absolute scene of mayhem and horror elements it's just it It's everything you want in a film and more
2: mm. <clears throat> okay, just got a few questions actually there we're gonna go a little bit different this time um the The special effects how well do you think they stand up when you watch it today?
3: Very well. I think that if you go back to like The Uncanny Valley, which is, you know, you look at something that's been done with CGI today, and it's been done brilliantly, and there's no denying it, but there's still something off about it. There's still something not quite right. It's called The Uncanny Valley, and there's something that puts you off. There's something that you don't like about it, and that's what happens with so much CGI. If it's tried to done, been done too well, you spot it instantly, and you don't like it. When it's something like Puppets, even though it's rustic, even though you know full well you're watching a Puppet, you don't mind. You can see they've done a good job. You know that it's not too realistic that it deters you in any way. So these special effects, rustically done, are brilliant. And like I say, the work of the puppets is superb.
2: And as a Christmas film, do you think you've said it's not for young kids, but do you think it's something? people would want to watch to make them feel Christmassy.
3: I think they could, yeah. I think there's a really good Christmas message to it, and I think the setting is undeniably Christmassy. Like I say, it's a parody of It's a Wonderful Life, almost, you know, Kingston Falls being Bedford Falls.
2: Can I ask what the Christmas message is? Um, If... <laughs> Do not water gremlins. If <laughs> an Do elderly not be
3: Chinese man <laughs> <laughs> tells you you're not ready, you're not fucking ready. <laughs> it's it's a message of responsibility, essentially. Is what you can take from this. Okay, Gav, would you like to... Uh, your
2: argument, please. <laughs> I will do it. Thanks, George. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: so, uh, so I'd like to firstly uh, say about uh, Dave's point there about the um, the music being tremendous. I'd say, yeah, undeniably, I think it's a great score, but just because it's got a great score doesn't mean it's a great film. A few examples, Batman Forever, Saturday Night Fever, City of Angels, great scores, terrible films, and this is the same thing. It's got a great score, but not a good film. That's why Dave, I think, emphasised how good the score actually was because I think they put so much effort into the score that there's actually nothing to um, (laughs) play against, essentially, the film. It's a mismatch. It it doesn't actually know what it wants to be. It suffers from a massive, massive identity crisis. Is it a Christmas film, like Dave said at the beginning? Or is it a comedy? Is it a kids film? Is it a horror film? I mean, Dave said that it's not suitable. It's not for kids at all. But did you know, actually, when it was released, that they, uh, Steven Spielberg had the final say on the advertisements and he actually promoted it in a similar way to E.T.? In that, all the footage that you saw of the Gremlins was just of Gizmo. There was not the horror elements to it, so there was actually a massive backlash when it was first released because a lot of parents took their young children to go and see it, and obviously they were traumatized for life because it's got <laughs> such horror, <laughs> horrific elements in it. Um, you know, I wanted to say that uh, Dave mentioned that you know the, the puppetry was was amazing. I mean, and the thing is is it is, you know, undeniably so. The special effects and the puppetry, I mean, there's there's some ropey bits. There's a bit where they use stop motion animation. There's a bit where they do a bit of uh, CGI over the puppets, which does look very dated. But on the whole, the the special effects look great. However, very, very infrequently, it takes a a long time to actually see anything of note. Uh, We're first introduced to Gizmo, uh, well, uh, properly outside of the cage, uh, 30 minutes in we actually don't see anything um, of the other gremlins uh, until 50 minutes in and then we don't see the shit hit the fan until about like an hour and 10 uh, bearing in mind it's about an hour and 40 film so it takes a long time for us to actually see the gremlins and the uh, the havoc that they wreak um, so the, the, thing, the thing is that the, the film never knows what it wants to be as I said it was advertised as E.T. but it's, it's too scary to be a kids film and it's not clever enough uh, to be an adult film essentially it has no intended audience. It starts off as a kids' film, uh, but you know, it essentially has no well written characters. The main character is like an adorable, fluffy creature, and then it turns into a horror film once the Maogwai reproduce. But the thing is, is it's not scary enough or interesting enough to hold the attention of an adult audience. The gremlins themselves, I mean, are they supposed to be scary? Are they supposed to be funny? They're very oxymoronic, to be honest. I mean, there's, there's bits where they're really funny where, you know, they're outside singing carols and then they're slaughtering somebody to death. You know, it's, it's very, very, it it just changes at the flick of a switch. Um, you know, it would have possibly worked as a horror comedy from the get go from the very beginning. But the thing is, is the only comedic or the, the horrific elements come when the gremlins are around which i said before they're not really introduced until the f- f- 50 minutes in so the thing is is that it plods along for 50 m- boring, long minutes without anything actually happening. I thought it was a drama when I first watched it because nothing had happened. Uh, the thing is, it's not funny enough on its own or, or without the gremlins in it. Um, it was originally conceived as an out-and-out horror film uh, which went through several drafts of rewrites over the years. Um, so, but uh, by the time Spielberg came into contact with it, he wanted to put a bit of a more light-hearted spin on it. He wanted to essentially recreate E.T. Um, because of the financial success he had from E.T. The result is this tonally unbalanced mess. It's like a horror comedy, but without the jokes. It's like a drama set at Christmas. You know, there's elements of suicide, of depression, of, you know, it's it's just, there's, there's so many storylines and subplots that are started within those first 50 dull minutes. Um, but they just dropped as soon as the gremlins appear. There's this Billy's jerk of a co-worker, uh, played by Judge Reinhold. He, you know, you think oh well, he's going to get his comeuppance because he's an arsehole. What happens to him? He just disappears. Uh, there's the local pub that's under threat of condemnation what happens to that not all oh, nothing why, why talk about it then there's billy's interesting comics uh, you know we think they oh, always going to quit his job and he's going to become a you know comic book writer nope there's a poor mother who's struggling to feed her kids at christmas time no nope, nothing there's there, all these are started but they're never finished there's no comeuppance or completion it just feels very very dissatisfying even the gremlins comedic moments don't even last as they burst into like these horrific acts uh, and the film lacks tension because it undermines any darker quality. The thing is, is what I would have liked to have seen as well is them to explore the the Gremlins' backstory. You know, like, where did they come from? Why did they transform the way they do? Why can't they be fed after 12? You know, like, there's none of that. There's there's no, like, kind of um, why or how um, or explanation as to what they do. So, we see scenes where they uh, kind of quite cleverly uh, mimicking carol singers or they're like driving um, a, a jcb or they're playing with an electric circuit box uh, you know they have that intelligence but on the other side they're really kind of stupid and this isn't explored at all it's just like kind of they're used as to slapstick effect but not very convincingly it's it to be to be honest when dave said it was a parody of a b movie no it, it genuinely is a b movie it, and it, it's just a parody of itself essentially
2: Okay, so just one or two questions for you as well, actually. So you said, like, the first 50 minutes is relatively dull because nothing much happens. What do you think of the rest of it when the gremlins do actually come out?
0: I think it, it, it just feels too forced. It's almost like, oh, hey, here's all a load of slapstick humour and horror that is it's not it's not written into it. it to me it feels like two separate films it feels like we have this kind of drab a drama set at christmas and then we have this horror comedy that's just meshed together and for me it doesn't work at all i mean the, the, those parts the, there's some really kind of enjoyable moments there but you've got to pluck them out of a big mess it just seems like they've written like a load of different Oh, wouldn't it be funny if a gremlin did this or oh, wouldn't it be funny if a gremlin did that and they've just kind of slapped them together without any sort of of dialogue what like one minute they're all in a house running somebody over in a jcb the next minute they're in a cinema the next minute they're in a bar getting pissed playing cards the next minute they're you know it's just it's just like a loads of different scenes that four or five different people have written and just put together without any cohesion and what do you think of it as a Christmas film? I don't think it works at all, to be honest. I think it tries to mirror It's a Wonderful Life, which it shows right at the beginning of the film. The family's obviously watching It's a Wonderful Life because it's a Christmas film, and they've got to kind of uh, tip their hat to it. Because, uh, you know, you've got those elements of, of depression, you've got those elements of, you know, like kind of a, a torn family at Christmas, uh, but it just, for me, it just it do- it doesn't work at all. Uh, it, it, I, I would have left It's a Wonderful Life out of the film altogether because it's almost kind of like forcing you to remember one of the best Christmas films ever made <laughs> and then so, and then you've got to watch the rest of the film and say like, well actually
2: I wish I just was watching It's a Wonderful Life to be honest. Okay thanks Gav so just quickly before I let Bruce have ever say Dave do you just want to touch on a few points.
3: Quick rebuttal, if I may. Yeah. Um, it, this film does know exactly what it wants to be. It is horror, comedy. Now, those are two genres that don't go together necessarily very easily. This film does it both, does both though, and it does them both well. It's not for everyone. Not everyone enjoys horror, comedy. There's like two genres that are very difficult to splice, but when it's done and when it's done with the master like Joe Dante, it really does work. The, sub- the subplots element that Gav mentioned, there aren't really meant to be any subplots. The Judge Reinhold one, I will concede, he was meant to be in it a lot more. They actually had to cut him out for time, Reasons, but the, the the woman with the kids—that's just really shown meant to highlight um, how, how much the the, the, la- the old lady is—it's just a bit of a dick, to be honest with you. That's that's their purpose in the script. It's not a subplot, you know. You could say you know the the woman was making dinner at the start of the film. I never saw them eat dinner. What happened to that subplot? It's, <laughs> it's not a subplot. That's exactly, sub-plot exactly. Exactly my point. And it's uh, you say it's not like many people wrote it. It's not. It's Chris Columbus. One person wrote this, and they said there's no explanation of what the gremlins are. I kind of like that. You know, you, the, the, at the end of the day. You feed these things after midnight; they become these monsters. You know, you get water on them; they reproduce. It's it's not something that really can be scientifically explained. You just got to go along with the fact these are mythical creatures. There's a fantasy element to it. You just got to nod and smile and enjoy the ride. Okay, <laughs>
1: Alex. Okay. Wanna- um. So I, d- you know, I, I can see a bit of it in both arguments. To be honest on this one, um, y- you know. Dave was saying, I think what Dave said was interesting when he said it was the fact, the setting of the film, that they set it in Kingston Falls. You know, Gav was bringing up that it was in It's a Wonderful Life. I think actually what they've done is something a bit more interesting, a bit more clever than I actually gave it credit for, right, when I was watching Gremlins, which is set it somewhere almost exactly like It's a Wonderful Life, put that reference in, and then, you know, when the carnage happens, that's kind of like it's like the inverting Christmas a little bit. So it's kind of is a Christmas. I can see how it's more of a Christmas film than I thought, from what Dave said there. So I thought it was a really good point. Set it somewhere like It's a Wonderful Life or It's a Small Town, and then then the carnage seems quite you know it's terrible because it's ruining Christmas. Um, I I also thought Dave's right. I think it's quite refreshing watching this film when there's so much CGI around today. I think you know I, th- I actually I was expecting watching it again recently. To think that it felt quite dated, but it doesn't feel as dated as as I as I was expecting it to. And actually, I did quite like the Gremlins, and I thought they were you know, I didn't I didn't think it was terrible. It didn't stop me like watching the film, so I I did think the puppets were pretty good. Um, However, I do massively agree with Gav when he says that this film has a bit of an identity crisis. Uh, I don't think Dave disagrees either, but you know, Dave was saying it's a a horror comedy. And so it's difficult to balance those two uh, elements. I don't think Gren- Gremlins did. Um, I-, I think it sort of sets itself up as the start of a film as kind of like a I don't know. It's an odd. It's got like a tame comedy the dogs jumping up, the dogs biting this, and you know it's it, it, the, the, his car's broken down, and then all of a sudden the mum's in the kitchen and she's stabbing a gremlin to death. And it's just like what the you know it's just, whoa that came I just felt like it came right out of nowhere and it just made it felt tonally the film just went just totally in a different direction and then the bit where he puts it in the microwave it's done well Dave's right it is done well but it's slightly kind of sadistic the way he explodes and it, it's just it just I don't know that that for me didn't work it didn't it didn't quite gel. And I also a little bit agree with Gav. It's quite long and it gets a bit gaggy. So the gags get a little bit boring. So a bit of both, but I think I'm probably more on Gav's side. I just think he both had good points, but I just think the point of it being having a bit of an identity crisis is, is crucial to this film.
0: Okay. When I was saying the, 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 I mean, I agree with Dave that, you know, primarily at its heart, it is a horror comedy, but it just feels like a comedy and then a horror film you know whereas you watch something like Shaun of the dead which i think successfully blends horror and comedy throughout or for the the majority of the film with this it seems like it's 50 minutes of comedy and then the gremlins come and then it's a horror film it doesn't feel like it's 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 blended well well actually no it feels more like it's 40 minutes of a drama then 10 minutes of a comedy then 40 minutes of horror
1: it's not horrifically done but i wouldn't say it was very well done either you know
2: Okay, well, we'll we'll move on from that point. I suppose you could argue that films like Shaun of the Dead might not have been around for films like Gremlins. But if not for Gremlins as created. Yeah. Um, So, Gav, do you want to start off with your next argument? Okay, so I wanted to discuss a little bit about the uh, characters
0: and cast of Gremlins, or the lack thereof. Uh, So... um, Yeah, so starting with the main character Billy, I I have never disliked a main character as much as I have in Billy. I've actually no that's obviously a massive exaggeration. You tell me this every time. Yeah, it's a massive exaggeration. (laughs) But the thing is, is he was just so vanilla, he was so nondescript that it, it actually hurt the film. He was, first of all, he was far too old for the character that he's portraying. I mean, it was almost like Christopher Columbus had written it with, you know, Macaulay Culkin or, you know, a a young child actor in mind.
3: um, Child actors can't work in banks
0: well no, so so this is it so it's almost like the the bulk of it was written with a child in mind you know the fact that living with the parents uh, avid comic book fan is best friends with a child already uh, <laughs> gets given a pet for christmas as a pet dog that he loves and is his best friend essentially and then there's like that element of, oh, but wait, he's like about 30 and he works in a bank. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a very, very odd character. And it's almost like, remember this Suspiria argument that Alex said when, you know, the characters of the girls in the convent were written as 14 year olds mm. and then they went and they got an older actor in later it's on. It's a good argument. Terrible arguments, but it works in this instance. <laughs> in it feels like it was written for a younger actor, and then they drafted him in. Uh, but he just he just couldn't hold the film. He didn't have the the gravitas to to hold hold it. he was quite good at the kind of mishap drama sort of Hugh Grant things at the beginning where he's a bit awkward in, in the, with the girl, and he was you know oh my life's just one hapless incident to another. But when it when the shit started to hit the fan, he, he he didn't have the acting skills at all. You know there was, there was a bit where uh, he sees one of the gremlins for the first time and he gives this look as if like oh my god i left my sandwich on the bus (laughs) oh well you know it was it was that it was that reaction we've all had that reaction (laughs) (laughs) yeah but not like oh my god look there's a horrific uh, unexplainable creature that's just eaten my lecturer um you know it's yeah anyway so um The thing is, and because he has no identity, you you don't really want to root for him. So when the shit does hit the fan, you're just not behind him at all, probably because he's so boring. The dad as well, he's also horrifically monotoned. You know, he just just plods from one scene to another. He doesn't stand out. If I was to try and remember the film in 10 years time or even 10 days time, I probably would forget he was in it, to be honest. I think it, it would have been a much better film and it would have been a much better performance if it was a big comedic actor like John Candy, for example. Um, but or, or even I was I was thinking before like Rowan Atkinson he does that sort of like slapstick humour where oh I'm an inventor but everything's going wrong that that would he would have done a much better performance there um, Phoebe Cates as well very pedestrian uh, she doesn't really ha- have a lot to do she's given one kind of scene very very awkwardly uh, just out of nowhere where she talked about her dad who who died which was, it was just it just seemed completely out of the blue. And it seemed like one of the most ridiculous um, cinema deaths in history where she said, oh, my dad died because he tried to come down the chimney dressed as Santa but he, he slipped and broke his neck and we didn't know that he was in the chimney for days that, that's like <laughs> and she kind of blames Christmas for that I'm sorry but that is your dad's fault to be honest <laughs> it's not Christmas's fault that your dad got on the roof
1: <laughs> it's also your fault if he was in there for days exactly, really, isn't yeah, it? You know?
0: exactly. Um, and then we, as we, as I said before we've got Judge Reinhold very bland well he's not very bland to be honest he, he's the best part of the film but he just he isn't utilised a lot at all you know he, he starts he's like kind of this jerk co-worker and you're like oh he's gonna get his comeuppance later on and then he just disappears into thin air uh, and the writing doesn't help them out but the actors themselves could have done a lot better you know we've got dick miller he plays the the uh, or the xenophobic neighbor you know he's, he's the you know stereotype of a suburbanite uh, you know we've got the old witch who wants to kill the dog a bit like sort of Wizard of oz once again a bit of a stereotype dick miller's wife no character to her at all, apart from the fact that she might have a mental illness and that's supposed to be funny. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> honestly, that's she's talking to an invisible thing or an, an object, and Dick Miller's like, oh, What you like, eh? Um, the, the, you could say that the main characters in the film were the gremlins themselves. Um, but even they are a bit of a stereotype now this might seem like a stretch I was speaking to Alex about it before but this was brought to my attention um, a couple of months ago I watched the film uh, Dear White People which if you haven't seen it by the way is brilliant um, but there's a scene in it where they mentioned that the Gremlins were really racist and I, I was like I don't remember because it's been a while since I've seen it anyway I rewatched it and you know you could say that it's a bit of a stretch but if, if you actually think yeah I mean I, I've, I've gone back and
2: I've, I've we need I've, to get some type of Whit Brown going here whether gobs arguments will include racism and sexism gremlins is racist well well listen if if so many films weren't racist or
0: sexism, no no right. so honestly so i did a bit of reading up and i've read uh, so i've read a few things there's a number of articles and books that have been written about them including humans unite uh, by uh, adilufu uh, nama and um Ceramic Uncles and Celluloid Mamas by Patricia Turner. She writes in her book that the Gremlins reflect um, a sort of negative African-American stereotype uh, in their dress and their behavior. They're shown devouring fried chicken with their hands, listening to black music, breakdancing and wearing sunglasses after dark. And also newsboy caps, which was a style common among African-American males in the 1980s. Uh, to be honest, you know, I mean, you can, you can all laugh, but I, I, honestly, like the thing is, is, it's not it's not just me that picked this out. It's not just them. Uh, looking back when it was first released, there was a lot of backlash that they um, was it was a negative portrayal of African American teenagers. Kind of, you know, you've got this kind of white um, suburban. Uh, village and you know these gremlins then start appear and just start fucking things up for all the white people there um you know but right if you if you want to yeah, kind of i know you're shaking your head but if you remove it right I,
3: i'm i'm jaw open on the floor right now <laughs> gobsmacked by this cap no but
0: like honestly like if you it, right if you if you remove them right and you just sweep them onto the carpet like you do with most of my arguments uh, <laughs> right, ooh,
1: ooh, you, it's a whitewash.
0: no you look at uh, uh, it i think as a film it is a bit uh, culturally insensitive anyway um not more so than the asian stereotype that we have at the very beginning of the film it has this very flawed broken english heavy accents and and he has this belief and association in magic he's even got a fu manchu beards it's just you know one horrible stereotype to be honest but even right if you ignore him i think when you look at the characters and the cast in the film itself they the, it, it, there's not a lot for them to do as i said the gremlins themselves don't appear until the 50th minute so the fact that the um the, the physical human actors have 50 minutes to fill that film and they have zero character or backstory. It, you know, they just can't do it. It's, it's almost like bring the gremlins in earlier to the film to bulk it out a bit or have the, character, have the human actors have more to do and more to say because it just falls flat on its arse
2: and you're waiting for 50 long, boring minutes for those gremlins to appear. I thought you were going to end that like more strongly. You went, and I was like, "The f bombs coming in." (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Dave. I presume you're completely opposite to that.
3: Yeah, I've got to admit, I'm shocked by the racism argument. I never, never thought that would come up in Gremlins. To be honest with you, Um, first of all, I'll go. I'll go for the easier one. Um, the grandfather figure who, who sells them the, who has the Mugwai stolen from him and, uh, maybe a little stereotypical but to be honest the actor himself did have uh, broken English I believe so you can't really blame the script writers for that one you what know? about the Fu Manchu beard it, whatever works
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, oh he's Asian he's gotta he's, he's gotta be into magic hasn't he uh, uh, do you have a Fu Manchu beard no okay it's a Brit stick
3: and we could talk about Big Trouble in Little China if you really want to go into that one <laughs> <laughs> no I thought he was quite a charming character He shows a level of wisdom that everyone else in this film seems to be lacking. He's a a very enjoyable character. I really liked him. This argument about the gremlins representing black teenagers, yeah, really, yeah, it's not just me. Yeah, but whoever came up with that argument, was she looking for stereotypes? Was she Is that what it's she thinks? It's
0: not just one person. It's not but just this one This article lady.
3: you read out, was she looking for this? Is, is, is that what she thinks of black teenagers? Like, she, these, are, these are black teenagers Dave, Dave, so, Dave, what It Dave, it, it,
0: it was a lot of, uh, you know, it was a lot of people thought that at the time. It wasn't just, like, one person that written an article years later going, like, oh, Gremlins is a bit racist, wasn't it's,
3: it? It's a laughable argument. I think it's clutching its straws a little bit there. I, I'm not going to discuss but can that. But you, can, you, can, you, can you at least...
0: See somebody's point that, that it might be I mean you yourself might think that it's laughable I mean we've had many discussions as a group before where I've brought up similar arguments and people have said I don't see that which is a personal thing
3: I don't see it like, so, I do not see it in well, Gremlins but well, could
0: you see how other people could see it that's a different thing to you not seeing it yourself
3: not really no I don't get it I really do not see how how the people can look at this this movie about critters and think it's a racist thing I, I really don't understand I think you've taken this to a new level with this film to be honest no, with you no, no, no. also we're, Gremlins we're, don't wear clothes let's draw a line to that point and we're, 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 we'll we're do you
0: wear on. clothes <laughs> do you see the, even the first bit where you see them with where where Christmas Caroling, they've gone through the effort of wearing scarves they
3: found a scarves scarf it's, it's, it's scarf. racist about a scarf Act.
2: Judge. Act. Judge. all right we'll Judge. leave that point behind
3: <laughs> okay yeah racism aside, i thought we we're going to talk about characters not racism okay. i did talk about i'm going to talk about characters
2: just remember jingle all the ways next week
3: over. oh good lord right uh, the cast the cast okay I actually think they do a pretty good job what you got here is you got some good 80s Star Wars like you got Dick Miller who I think does an excellent job in this film I, I have to make an apology to Dick Miller when we did uh, Tales from the Crypt Keeper I did lay into him a little bit trying to trying to get, get under Gav's skin and trying to disrupt his arguments a bit and um, it's backfiring now because I, I Dave I know I've upset you boy, it's Tales from Miller. the Crypt man how many times <laughs> I, I'll never get it since, since I was a little kid I've always said it that way I'll never get it it's in there it's ingrained but um, no, Dick Miller does a great job in this. You know, it's a slightly xenophobic suburbanite, but he, it, he, what he provides is the basis of the Gremlin legend, where the Gremlins came from. It was, um, it was carried about by World War II airmen it's their excuse for why their planes would break down whenever they said they had mechanical problems World War II airmen would say oh gremlins in the machinery that's where he comes in he's an old World War II airman and he's talking about machinery how, how foreign people put the put uh, gremlins in the machines and that's why they should always buy American it's just it's just a suburban old man sort of character but it works and Dick Miller's got the charm to make this character work he's, I don't think anyone's meant to be laughing at his wife with a, I suppose mental illness off just, Dick Miller she's just meant to be <laughs> A little bit quirky, I think. Let's not read too much into that. I think Zach Galligan does actually a very good job. He's, I don't think he's bland. I think he, he does what is necessary. He's not the star of the show. The star of the show, it, it's meant to be the puppets. They're the ones that made the marketing. They're the ones that are on the posters. It, that, so he's, he's really playing second fiddle to those, and he knows it, to be honest with you. And it, it's, I think he's a really good character. I don't think it was meant for to be uh, played by a younger actor because there's a big part of him supporting his family through his dad's misadventures with his like, gadget business and things like that. It's down on him to support the family. I think that's why he's still living at home and I think the reason why is that he's a bit of a geek. That's why you have got the vying for him to get the girl. That's why you're vying for him to do well, because he's the underdog. You know, he's not popular, he's not got many friends. And I think that's displayed quite well. Uh, introduce a lot of other actors as well as him. Uh, Phoebe Cates, who'd been in Fast Times at Richmond High at this point. Um, I think she does a very good job. That is a t- tricky monologue to deliver, that one, about her finding her, her father dying at Christmas. That was actually quite controversial. I've got to say, Steven Spielberg didn't want it in there. He thought it was too dark. But, um... He, as I believe, he respected Joe Dante's work and uh, just said, "You know what? It's your, it's your baby, mate. If you want to keep that in, so be it." But he, he wasn't for it. But I think Phoebe Cates does a very good job delivering what is a very hard monologue. And it's Joe Dante wanted to keep that in because he felt that perfectly exemplified the horror comedy element it's like you don't know whether to be horrified by what you're hearing or if you sh- you're allowed to smile and i think that's why that that speech was kept in and she does deliver it well you got uh cory feldman making only his his third film i think you know he was a bit of a breakout from this. Um, you got Jonathan Banks, who's uh, now better known for Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. He makes a he's got a small role as the deputy, and I think um, Frances Lee McCain as well, who plays um, Billy's mother. I think she is a great scene. It's hard to act terrified of puppets, essentially, when you think about it. But there's that showdown in the kitchen, which is a very memorable scene, and she plays it almost believably when you look into these like. These, imagine trying to fight puppets in a kitchen. That's right. that's the sign of a good actress that she made that plausible. And I don't think that Hoyt Axton, who uh, who plays Randall Billy's father, does a particularly bad job. There's a very poignant moment. It's, there's subtleties to these performances. To be honest with you, very subtle moments. There's a great one where um, when you first meet Billy's mom, she's making dinner in the kitchen, and, and she's crying while she's doing it. You know, she she fobs it off. You know, she she doesn't make a big deal out of it. But you can tell you get from that that the family are in dire straits financially, things are not going well, of husbands having to work away from home all the time. And then there's this very sweet moment with the two of them, you know, where they're laughing over the coffee maker of his, which doesn't work. He makes a bit of a joke about it. And there's this real genuine moment of warmth. There's little subtleties like that to these performances that I think makes this film a a gem and really brings some charm to it. And it's not
2: racist. Okay, Gav, you've got (laughs) two minutes Uh, Okay,
0: yeah, so those nice moments that Dave spoke of I think are few and far between, to be honest and, as I said before, they're right at the very beginning and they never get touched upon again so we actually don't know what happens to any of them Um, uh, Dick Miller, I'd just like to remind Dave that Dick Miller is great at playing Dick Miller uh, and, it's true. What a charming man he is. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, he was very good at playing Dick Miller. My favourite bit was uh, uh, so he, he'd already explained to us about the Gremlins. So he'd said, "Oh yeah, you know they come from World War yeah, World War Two you know, there's gremlins in the there's, there's gremlins in my cab, yeah. And then, as he's killed later on, uh, gremlins drive spoiler. his, his uh, spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. Uh, gremlins <laughs> drive his his cab through his house, and just before they're about to run into him and his wife, just before they're about to get mowed down and killed, he shouts the line. There's a real gremlin in my cab, and then he dies. I was like, if that's going to be your last line, honestly, I just thought it was terrible. Uh, Yeah, you said uh, you said the Gizmo was the main character. uh, he, he was because to be honest he, he did out act Billy um, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: when,
0: Spiel, when Spielberg said yeah. you should have left the suicide line out he knew right <laughs> definitely <laughs> you, you should have left that out and uh, when you said about the cops uh, and uh, Corey Feldman uh, they're giving good performances I, I just found that laughable to be honest like the, Corey, Corey Feldman's first reaction to seeing Gizmo uh, this this kind of creature that uh, that's never ever been seen before is one of alright oh, yeah that's all right. the same with the cops they're told about these gremlins going around killing everybody and messing the town up and they don't even bat an eyelid when gizmo's pulled out of a the bag they go oh he looks nice but what you're saying that there's more
2: of them don't be stupid <laughs> so, uh, so yeah I just think it's uh, a bit unbelievable to be honest Okay, Alex, so which side do you sit on? Do you think Gremlins are racist? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, right, well, uh, just, just to get into a couple of points, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be fairly brief. Uh, I, I agree with Gav that Billy is pretty vanilla and boring and he doesn't carry the film. I don't think Zach Gilligan did a fantastic job, and I didn't. Th- I do think it would have made far more sense had his character been a lot younger, and Corey Feldman's age, it would have made their their friendship much less odd. Uh, and just, just, I think, I think it would have made more sense. Um, he doesn't have much star quality. I think it was too much for him too soon. It would have been better in a supporting role. I just don't think he quite has enough for it. Uh, again, Gav uh, just had a great point here, and it's, it's an unfair argument of his because what film wouldn't be better with John Candy in it? But he's right. He would have been perfect in the dad. And I don't think the dad, they, Dave, Dave's right though. There were, there are some lovely moments. So I, I noticed that bit with the coffee, coffee machine. There are some really nice bits in the film, but they are a bit few, few, uh, few and far between. Uh, and yeah, like the, the only really good actor that I thought was fantastic. And it was judge Reinhold. And I was a bit disappointed he wasn't in it more. So I do sort of agree more with Gav on the cast side. Uh, jumping onto that hot potato, that is the our Gremlins racist topic. Uh, I'm going to do my best, um, Gav. You know, <laughs> it g-
0: seems like you have to defend racism know, quite a lot. A lot. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to, you know, um, so so that's a good point. So Gav, Gav, you know, uh, last week if you were tuned in, uh, I was defending Trading Places and was saying it's indefensible when Dan Dan Aykroyd gets into blackface. You know, there's there's no defence of that. I would say, Gav. You know, I, I saw the arguments that Gav had, and you know, he's, I, I think you know that you can see some of the points when you're reading through it. You can be like, mm, I don't think they're completely apparent when you first watch the film. Maybe I am just, you know, historically a racist person and very white, but you know, I don't. You know, I, 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 I'm. They're not totally apparent as you're watching it, but. Having read it, I think well, there is a case to be made, but that's what it is. This is a case to be made that gremlins aren't racist that gremlins are racist, and I think there's a case to be made to say they're not So, it's not, it's not the same as saying Dan Aykroyd's uh, blackface is just racist. That is 100% yes no, indefensible. I think on this one, um, I think there's an argument to be made. I don't think we can definitely, I don't think we can definitely finish this podcast with the idea that the gremlins are racist.
2: Okie dokie. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs>
2: I didn't
3: think I would be writing that down today. But... Yeah, I didn't think race would come up in Grimmins either, but, you know, you, okay, know, you So know Gav.
2: <laughs> we're at kind of a closing argument stage. Should we do these? And then if you got a quiz, Gav, or...? I do have a quiz, yes. Okay, yes. so we'll do these. We'll do the usual kind of 60... I was going to say 60 minutes, 60 seconds then. Um, who wants to go first? Me? Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Okay, hang on a second.
3: All right, go. Okay, this film is an 80s gem It has inspired numerous horror comedy films since. Horror comedy is a very tricky genre to kind of straddle the two lines between two things that shouldn't really go together. In this case, they do. Joe Dante has proved himself time and time again to be the master of merging the lines like this. I'm just going to say, you can't take this film too seriously, though. I know I say that a lot, but Gav was saying things don't make sense. It's about little creatures popping out of another little creature and eating after midnight and turning evil. What can you take seriously about that? It's a fairy tale. Enjoy it for what it is and sit back and relax and enjoy its 80s staple the cast the director the soundtrack everything about this screams 80s it's a cult classic the very lines such as you know don't feed them after midnight how many times do you hear people say that it's like oh what happened did someone feed you after midnight it's it's a cult classic it is ingrained in society there's some good jump scares in this for those of us more sensitive disposition there's some good comedy in there as well it straddles both lines perfectly cast do a great job harry mandel i have forgotten to mention these guys before And I'm not going to get
2: mentioned. <laughs> 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 Screw those guys. <laughs> okay, Gav, you ready? Yes, I am. Okay, three, two, one, go.
0: So Dave said it was a cool film. That doesn't mean that it's a good film, though. You look at the room. That's a cool film and that's terrible, as is Gremlins. I like to say that it doesn't know what it wants to be from the very, very beginning. It suffers a massive identity crisis and it doesn't know who its target audience is. It feels very, very underdeveloped and sloppy. The main characters in the film are actually the puppets and they're not really introduced properly until the 50th minute. So that's an hour of very underdeveloped and poor script uh, performed by very weak actors to be honest, there's a lot of poor, poor performances through it um, delivered uh, mainly by the main character in it, Zach uh, uh, or Billy I should say, uh, it's a very very weak script and I don't think it's aged that well at all to be honest not a good Christmas film and not a good
2: film in general Okay, well that was pretty damning but <laughs> I think we've got a quiz now while we uh, kind of Close this up. Yeah, are you my friend, Dave?
3: <laughs> For now, mate. I don't know how much of this quiz is going to be racist. <laughs> uh,
0: well, it's uh, it's about the Gremlins, so definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Uh, so, um, so as you know, uh, recently I've been trying to put a bit of a, a better spin on our usual quizzes so um i've been trying to go for popular game shows uh, so this week i thought we'd go for uh gav's christmas kills higher or lower oh great <laughs> okay so and i've got i've got a quiz song for this okay <clears throat> okay last Christmas we did trading place we said it was shit cause of backwards black face <laughs> this quiz we're doing gremlins which is equally racist
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you seriously saying gremlins <laughs> is as <laughs> racist, racist as trading
3: places uh, equally uh, racist. Uh, yes I am yes.
0: Uh, right, so, uh, as, as we know uh, so gra- gremlins is supposedly a horror comedy um, and uh, within that there are a number of on screen deaths uh, I counted five probably many more happened off screen but the ones that I saw on screen uh, were five, uh, so all I'm going to ask you guys is uh, I'm going to list a number of films and you've got to tell me whether more or less screen deaths. Okay so great. Higher or yeah, lower yeah, kind of Okay great yep okay, okay, so starting with Black Christmas Dave, h- um, higher or lower, more,
3: more or less deaths uh, I'm going to say higher
0: what's black Christmas it's a, a, a film about a, a, a killer who's dressed like Santa Claus and kills people Higher than five I'm going to go higher than five, than five. higher. Uh, Austin? Uh, lower. It is lower. It's four.
3: You know, Dick Miller and his wife are actually in Gremlins 2. They didn't actually die in Gremlins 1.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so uh, it was three.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so it was higher. Well done, guys. Well done, well done Dave. Uh,
0: okay, so uh, next up lethal weapon. Higher or lower? Than three. Than, than <laughs> uh, Black Christmas is four. Oh, oh, oh okay, um, great. So that's so much higher. Yeah. It's got to it? be
3: higher. Let me think. Yeah, it's got to be high. Definitely.
0: Okay, so you're going higher, Austin. Higher as well. Uh Yes, it is higher quite considerably. 26. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so next up, we've got a similar action uh, Christmas film, Die Hard. Higher or lower
2: than Lethal Weapon? 26. Yeah. We we know the actual answer to this, don't we? Oh, oh no, from, you weren't there. in the quiz. I, I, I know the actual figure of people who died. Who die you, no, no, no.
0: you know this, the figure of people who survived? <laughs> I'm yeah, going to go, know, I'm gonna know, go lower.
2: I'm going to say it's lower.
1: I'm going to say lower, definitely. Lower, yeah. lower as well, I think. Okay, lower.
2: Joel, just out of curiosity. Well, two people survived, right? And there's a crew of, like, what, like 10 to 12? So it's definitely lower. Uh, so twenty were killed. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's higher than I
0: thought. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the next up we've got Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Higher or lower than Die Hard?
3: Twenty for Die Hard, you say?
1: Yep. Uh, lower. I'm gonna go with Dave. Lower. <clears throat> lower. Lower. Higher. Uh, it is lower.
0: It's fifteen. Not by much though, just by five. Okay, next up we've got uh, another Christmas classic. Die Hard 2. How does it keep on happening? <laughs> I roll over. Then kiss, I, kiss, bang, bang.
3: I remember a plane blowing up at the end, so I'm going to say, if that was a full plane, higher.
0: Yeah, higher is a lot of yeah. It's got to be higher than 20. You're all right, yeah, yeah. It's uh, 37. Wow. Yeah, so he smashed his previous Christmas killing spree by 17. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we've got yet another Shane Black Christmas action film with The Long Kiss night. Is it higher or lower than Die Hard 2?
1: Lower.
0: Lower. Lower? Lower. Lower. M- much lower just lower lower it's lower uh, 68 wow It's <laughs> <laughs> really wow. Yeah, so wow it's much much higher and then the last one on the list uh, we've got uh, the last boy scout is it higher or lower than 68
3: I can't imagine it being lower but I'm going to say higher I'm
1: going to say lower
3: it's got, it's got mm. to be lower 68 that's, that's a, lower. Got that's to a really
1: be. high kill count. 68 on
0: screen yeah. death it's no, got to no, lower, be lower yeah you're all right it is, it is it's 27 well done guys
3: I actually said higher but I'm wrong
0: <laughs> oh actually I've got one more here Home Alone higher or lower than 27 yeah
1: <laughs> I feel it was the a same trick. the same isn't it it's a trick question I feel it's Tw- 27
0: people somewhere. die you've got, you've got to think about all the people that old man Marley's killed with this uh, shovel. Allegedly. allegedly turn them into mummies with salt <laughs> that was it. Uh, 206
1: <laughs> So yeah, thank you
2: very much, guys. Thank no, you. thank you. Okay, so it's uh, it's judgment time. It's a tough one. I I found that with these Christmas films, we've all picked older films, and I feel like at the time they're great, and everybody just kind of you know kind of loves them. And then you watch them back, and they're not as great as you want to remember. And I feel like uh, it's easy to to pick them apart when you look at you know, when you watch them like that, but the things I did like about it, you know, the fact that it's a horror comedy, something I always remember about Gremlins was kind of how well it did that, I thought it was really great kind of watching it, um, you know, kind of blending the two elements together, because I remember the first time I watched it, I literally kind of fell into the trap of, I thought this was like a kind of family Christmas film type of thing, and then you know, there's gremlins shooting kids in the arm with crossbow type of thing. Um, <laughs> so so I, I really did enjoy that. You know, the score. <laughs>
3: I, I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> who
2: doesn't? Who? It's, it's Christmas, you know what I mean. <laughs> the score um, is pretty memorable. Um, I, I never really judge a film by its score, but I think it, it, it worked very well. Um, I did like the kind of Wonderful Life parody thing, you know, Alex, Alex and Dave both both touched on it. Um, I think that was pretty pretty well done. The special effects, I, I'm a bit on the fence, you know, even Gav said they were great, but I when I watched it back, I just thought they looked like puppets. I do, I do think, you know, it was probably great at the time, but watching it back now, I thought, you know, they did look a little bit like puppets, but... A few things that Gav said, which, um you know, did agree with as well. If The, the film's confused um, and that it is pretty slow. You know, I'm not sure of the running time. Do you, you two know how long? One 46 1, yeah. Yeah, so I did find, you know, I presume Gav researched these uh, properly, but, like, the whole kind of one minute ten till, uh, like, the Gremlins actually kind of start kicking off. I thought that was kind of much too long, uh, if you expect... You know, if you watch, like, an action film or something like that, you expect that to be, like, a lot quicker. And I think in this film, it probably would have been a lot better if that had happened, like, a a little bit faster. Uh, The characters, you know, I agree with Billy. I, You know, it does sound like he's too kind of plain. Um, I've never really heard the argument before that he's kind of too old to play a young person and he's friends with a kid. (laughs) When it's explained back to me, it sounds so strange, but... um, Dick Miller, you know, he, he was great. Corey Feldman, you know, I thought he was great. And I, I liked kind of Dave point, Dave's point, sorry, about, you know, how believable it was that, that they were actually fighting with puppets. And I think that must be, uh, you know, pretty tough to do, to be fair, as actors and especially some of them, you know, not having a, a great amount of experience at that time. Uh, the, the kind of gremlins a racist thing. Uh, you know, I think, obviously, Gav feels strongly... But well, you know, I think sometimes people look for stuff that maybe isn't there. I think you could level that at so many different things, and I just think it's... A One case. of these days,
0: I'm going to make an allegation about a film, and you're all going to say, yep, that's right. The <laughs> only film that I didn't bring this up on, because, you know, I was playing the judge as well, was Trading Places. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: as Alex said, I mean, that is, but, that is but in your face, blatant, But, yeah, I think I think that's just kind of over... Analyzing films, but I think that's you can do that for every film. If you probably Google a film, it's probably somebody who's saying, you know, something like that, sexist, racist, whatever. The thing which I did like, with the um, I can't remember who t- touched on this either, Dave or Alex, but like kind of how cult uh, Gremlins has become, like it's uh, like intertwined into so much stuff these days. Like I, I was saying before this podcast, you know, about a meme I'd seen about Gizmo with the ice bucket challenge, uh, which was like a big thing kind of two or three years ago, where you dump a uh, a, a bucket of ice water, you know, on yourself. And a, it, that, that is true. You know, Gremlins is such like this big cult thing and it's a, a really, really famous film. And, and that point I made about, uh, you know, films like Hot Fours, uh, you know, that kind of trilogy, um, Shaun of the Dead, you know, films like that may not have been around had something like Gremlins maybe started like a, a little bit of a trend. So I think there's definitely good points and bad points, but I think a lot of Gav's arguments is kind of looking at it now, like Mary comparing it to films that are you know about these days, and I think it's a little bit unfair to do that, and I think we did that with both Trading Places and uh, National Lampoon as well. Whereas I think you've kind of got to look at it as the classic film that it is, which we did with Suspiria.
0: <laughs> yep. No, no, you didn't at all.
2: <laughs> your main argument with Susperia was it's
0: not scary these days. That is, ex- you're exactly uh, contradicting your
2: judgments and then you fist bumped Alex.
3: Maybe, uh, they, maybe they thought it was racist, Gav.
2: That was just. Hmm. I was fishing for, <laughs> Honestly, for, for that reaction. Yeah, for that reaction. <laughs> um, Honestly, I'm
0: going I'm, I'm to stop hanging around with you. Know, you're all racist, inherently
2: racist. <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> so yeah, So, yeah, to, to sum it up, I think both arguments were very good, but I'm putting it on the hit list. Oh. Wow, thank you, John. Wow, I didn't, you. <laughs>
1: the, uh... I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming from the get-go,
0: I did not. Well, I saw it coming because I mentioned that it was
2: racist and all of you just laughed and <laughs> brushed
0: it under the carpet. You know, I did take your,
2: your argument into consideration, but that <laughs> yeah. is uh, something that I believe, that the, the, whoever wrote that is looking for things that aren't there. When, whenever I watched that film, haven't watched it that recently, to be fair, I decided not to watch it before I did this, but my memories of the film and I've told this... Uh, to Dave, you know, before we did this, on actually, that I love it that much. It, it's probably I, I'd never rush out to watch it again, type of thing. But never, I don't think we're to watch Gremlins and go, oh, "Those fucking racist Gremlins." You know, it just, it just will not come up. And I think that is a case of somebody just looking for something that isn't. there well, do you agree that you only watch films for explosions and tits? <laughs> Which is <pretty> that's much... <laughs> that's
0: sexist.
1: <laughs> uh, do you, Gav? Do you just to say honest opinions do you opinions? think yeah honest opinions um, do right. you think they I, I mean, do, 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 is it like, oh my God, I cannot believe how racist gremlins are? Or is it just, there's an argument to be made for There's it? definitely an argument to be made. It's like, uh, w- w- comparing it to what we did last week,
0: it's not Dan Aykroyd's black face. It's Eddie Murphy's portrayal of uh, a student from Cameroon.
1: That's, mm, like, it's that not that sense. obvious, I don't think. Uh, oh, no, no, I mean, it's uh, just pretty straight uh, up no, racist uh, again. Uh, as
0: in, that, that was, that was it's, it's, um, it's a stereotype, isn't it? Yeah. So it is, he's performing a stereotype. And. I think some of them are performing a stereotype. I think. It, it, it was done intentionally honestly I do think it was done intentionally but as a joke as like a, oh okay like they're cool because they're wearing uh, this type of music because they're breakdancing and whatever they weren't saying you know like oh um, th- they're, they're black and they're they're knobheads you know, to, you yeah. know they're trashing the, the whole place up it was like it wasn't I'm, a secret message of yeah, the film but yeah, we want to make them cool they were cool. using some yeah, racist so, so we'll, we'll do something cool at the moment so we're in the, the clothes that they were wearing the music they were listening to they were trying to make them cool and hip and then we when somebody said, Oh, this is racist, that that's supposed to be um black African American teens then they they should have gone, Oh well, well no, we were we were you know what we were doing was we were stereotyping a lot of different people, you know, and a lot of different things and yeah. we were trying to make the gremlins look cool and look streetwise and whatever and that's that's what we went for. It wasn't about their race. But instead what they did is just said, No, no,
2: no, shut up, no, yeah, But what if, you could say that about anything, you know, say if they'd given them heavy metal music and they were headbanging and dead angry, somebody had watch that film and be like, are you telling me all oh, headbangers are angry maniacs or something mm. like that? You could pick anything apart like that. That's, that's what, that's what I, I was just saying, I was saying that, you know, like, they, they were
0: using a stereotype. Uh, but the, the the defense of it afterwards was like it, it was it wasn't there, and the, the, the kind of the producers said, "No, no, it wasn't racist at all. It's just you know what the gremlins wear and what they listen to and what they do." So, can, so go we, can
3: we not believe the producers <laughs> on no, I mean. The producers are <laughs> always
1: wrong. So, what do you what do you actually think? There was prosecution. Would you? Uh,
3: would it, you have what, on, my hit list uh, or on the shit list?
0: I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very indifferent, to be honest. I, I remember loving it when I was a kid. Uh, I remember talking about. I remember coming on on, on TV and staying up late. Without my mom's permission to watch it, and then going into school the next day and being like, "Oh my god!" Uh, that, I remember this. I remember this was this kid called Chris, yeah, and he was going around just seeing this one scene that happened with the, the the gremlin in the in the microwave. And I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, the gremlin in the microwave. That wasn't that, wasn't that amazing." And the first thing he said to me was like, "That's the bit I'm saying today." <laughs> That's the bit I've been telling people about. And I was
1: like, don't tell my bit.
0: Yeah. It's always like, what, we can't enjoy the same bit. (laughs) 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 Yeah. But then I watched it again uh, about six, seven years ago. And I was like, oh my God, this isn't, you know, because I thought it was like a kids film with like, um, kind of horror elements in it. But it was like, no, it's not a kids film at all. And I was just, I didn't know what the hell it was, to be honest. As I said, it does have a massive identity crisis. I do think that, you know, Days Right is a cult film, but I didn't think it was as great as I thought it was originally. You you would have put it real opinion. What, I, I, what if list? it would have gone on the shit list, I, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been asked. And if it, you know, now it's on the hit list, I'm not that asked either. You know, um, if it would have gone anyone on either list, I wouldn't have been bothered. Essentially. So yeah. If, Thanks if it, for listening.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so like, I'm not as annoyed as when Jurassic World got put on the hit list. Okay. <laughs> Rightfully so. Oh, but, okay. God. Right. So um, so. Uh, to think we've all given our genuine opinions Austin what was your opinion on it?
1: I have not seen it in so long I can't remember so much like you guys I loved it, loved it when I was a kid but uh, I was going to say I think for me I think Dave was saying it's trying to be a horror comedy so it's trying to go for that that mixture between them, I just don't feel it quite managed to do it, I think it was interesting I think it was trying to do something a little interesting maybe it's just because I don't like horror I didn't get it but I felt like it didn't work for me so I would have Put it on the shit list. I'm not bothered because it is a classic film. Again, thanks for listening, guys. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hopefully everyone listening is more bothered than we are. <laughs> uh,
2: I mean, but- <laughs> I, I, honestly, what swayed me is actually... I mean, I know it's kind of... Uh, we don't take our own personal opinion into it, and and I haven't done that. But what swayed me is two of the other um, Christmas specials that we did, which, as I said, kind of looking at things... Now is totally different to when the film was released, and that's a lot of the time. The Dan Ackroyd's blackface is acceptable. No, I'm not. Obviously, that was. You stop accusing people of being it was It was probably more acceptable back then. Let's be honest. I don't think it was. It must have been. It really must have been for it to for it to have been such a hit film. It
1: may, must may, have may been. Yeah. I mean, with... it didn't stop it being a hit film at the time. Yeah. It was. Ex- it was more acceptable.
2: It not. Shouldn't it, it shouldn't <laughs> have been. Yeah, but it it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I mean, kind of knowing what we know now and what like attitudes have changed. That's kind of something which I thought about while judging this film, which mm. is maybe if I'd listened to just your argument and just Dave's argument, then... Which is what you're supposed to do. Should, mm. Yeah, sure. but I did take that into account, like I just said. Yeah. Then maybe it would have been maybe 60-40 to you. But because of what I thought about, I kind of sided with Dave. Thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> As I said before, I'm not bothered though. Thanks for listening again, though, guys.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, yeah so that draws a close to the argument. Uh, uh, we haven't pulled the next film out of the hat because it is our last of the Christmas specials. So last week we're go- uh, sorry next week we're going to be putting my favourite and underrated Christmas film on trial, which is Dingle
1: All the Way. <laughs> This really is one of your favourite films, isn't it? Yeah. We all sort of picked <laughs> marmite films so we could debate it. You love Jingle just, All The Way, don't Yeah, you? but it is, it
0: is
2: a Marmite film. I know so many people who think it's terrible, including you three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's terrible. I, I'm just really looking forward to, uh, you know, those strong feminine characters and... <laughs>
3: Diverse, casting, diverse yeah.
2: casting, all the ethnic minorities in the film. Don't worry, guys, I will be covering it all next <laughs> week. Probably
0: just as well as Joel did on Jurassic World. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, guys. Don't worry. I've got it in the That's bag. It's, so it's time for our caption contest. Uh, and this week I used a still of Gremlins, obviously. Uh, it, it's a, it has two of the Gremlins sat on the front row of the cinema, Uh, wearing 3D glasses, eating popcorn, and generally being knobheads. So uh, I asked our listeners to uh, put a caption to that. So I'm just going to, once again, read out a few of the captions, and you guys are going to pick which one is the funniest, and the winner will win a Freddo. That's right, win a Freddo. right, hang on. First one. In 84, we were the bad guys, but by 2017 standards, we're low-level evil, so we just sit back and watch the world fall apart. (laughs) Ooh, dark. Okay, <laughs> dark.
1: okay uh, too, too close to the truth
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay the second one here is by the time this movie ends Disney will own us too <laughs> uh, also a little too close to the truth <laughs> um, next one he's smiling because there's a hole cut in the bottom of the popcorn basket
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
0: the old Joel trick and uh, the last one here is no matter how many available seats there are in the cinema, these little shits always end up sitting behind you (laughs) (laughs) okay, so which was funny, one, two or three?
1: I'm going to go with Disney
2: the second one, Disney as well
1: Disney, Disney, (laughs) topical
0: yeah, I'll give it it to Disney, okay, congratulations 30 something podcasts, you guys have just won a Freddo Right. Freddo for the lads so funny Fredo related story uh, so I've I've been sending Freddos out to all the people who won the caption contest and I was reassured have I, have I said this before I can't remember but I was reassured that uh, that all I had to do was put a face the, the
2: postage story
0: yeah
2: we had this last week didn't we
0: and you've done it twice have I yeah, yeah I did do it twice yeah yeah but I I'm, I'm meant if I already brought this up before
2: yeah yeah, yeah. Right. Last, okay. last
0: week <laughs> well <laughs> jog on <laughs> Okay, so thank you very much, everybody, for uh, listening this week. Uh, join us next week when we're going to be putting Jingle All of the Way, Jingle All of the Way, and Jingle All the Way on trial. So thank you very much. I just want to say thank you to everybody who has listened so far, everyone who's been following us on Twitter and all our social media. Uh, we really, really do appreciate all the downloads and the listens. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Film Trials. Uh, why not get involved in our caption contests? And you, too, can win that elusive Freddo. Uh, also, you can suggest films to us to for, to review because next week, our one after Jingle All The Way, we're going to be going back to Drawing From The Hat. Also, while you're on Twitter, give our comrades a follow at Ozzy Ray and at Winston Sang for some hilarious, I don't know, whatever Ozzy does on Twitter and <laughs> boss graphics that Winston does. Sorry, Ozzy, I don't really pay attention to you uh, in general, to be honest, never mind on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but also, you know, check us out on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram and we will see you or hear you, or be with you You'll next week. You'll hear They'll hear us. You'll hear us. Before. We will hear them. <laughs> <laughs> or will we? <laughs> See you next week, guys. Bye!